0: To the most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's the podcast where a filmmaker, a comedian, and their fabulous podcaster guests uh, just rage their way through the 80s movies we think we love or might have missed with these, our grown up modern eyes. And today we're talking about Teen Wolf, a movie selection from 1985. (laughs)
1: For Michael J. Fox, life hasn't been easy. Hello? Hi. I'm going through changes. His voice is changing. Give me a keg of beer. Is there anything wrong with me? He's got hair on his chest. He's stopped being a boy. What do you think about to get worked up? At last, he's become... Scott?
2: Scott Howard, this is your father speaking. Now, open this door right this minute. A wolf. An
1: explanation is probably long overdue. Dad, an explanation? Look at me. Look at you. He's always wanted to be something special, but he never expected this. Then be so Teen Wolf. He's got style. There's something different about you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you change your hair? He's got class. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ah! Wolf person. He's got hair all over his big body. Big Wolves aren't supposed to be shy. He's a wolf in teens clothing. And tonight is his night to howl. Teen Wolf, a new comedy with Michael J. Fox, star of Back to the Future.
0: Uh, I. I'm Chrissy Lenz, a comedian and director of the Neighborhood Comedy Theatre in downtown Mesa, Arizona.
2: And hello. Uh, I'm Nathan Blackwell, independent filmmaker and and a podcaster, apparently.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's been five years. You're, you're a podcaster, Nathan. I'm sorry to say. Okay. You shall now um,
2: <laughs> self identify as a
0: podcaster. Okay, cool. And uh, with us today is a very special guest uh, returning from films such as Vibes and what other, <laughs> and some others. But, uh, and
3: Robocop. RoboCop. Uh, what was the other one? There was one more. I can't remember.
0: Well, RoboCop is the important one. That's. Uh, crazy, crazy. But we're so happy to have Andy Nelson back with us.
3: Thank you, thank you. I am so excited to be talking to you two again. Maybe a little less excited about this particular <laughs> movie, but I am very excited to talk about it with you two, nonetheless.
0: Yay! Okay. Have had uh? Had you seen this, Andy? Is it like something that you grew up on? I grew up, yeah, Michael J. Fox was big in my youth. Like,
3: I think because of Family Ties, uh, you know, I just, I loved him as a performer. And so, I mean, I, I felt like everything that he was doing in the 80s, I mean, you know, probably starting with Back to the Future or maybe even Back to Midnight Madness, you know, there were he was definitely kind of a figure. And then with this and, uh, and, or back to the future and teen wolf the same year, of course, I just, I was very excited. And then, you know, watching stuff like light of day and uh secret of my success, bright lights, big city. Um, it, it just like all of the stuff that he was doing through the eighties into the nineties. I just was um, kind of a big fan of all of those things. And this was definitely a film that I watched. I don't actually think I saw it in theaters, but I know I rented it. We watched it a bunch of times. I know I ended up watching it again when Teen Wolf two came out, and then I feel like it kind of fell off the radar from my life until now. So, uh, but I, I always had fond memories of it up until this point. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh huh. Yeah my my history is uh, is very much the same. Like there was just the sweet spot of it. I'm glad you mentioned it because I think I've literally never heard anyone else mention Midnight Madness. Oh, but so that funny. was like such a fun movie that I have not seen in thirty years. <laughs> so I shall assume that it's still fun. 1980. Um, it's time yeah. to it on the show. Oh my gosh. Uh, Let me know. <laughs> yeah. So Midnight Madness, Back to the Future, Teen Wolf. This was like the sweet zone, the trifecta of, of Michael J. Fox for me. Uh, And I had fond memories of it until now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: I have never seen this movie. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) Um, And I really thought I had, Uh, like, I've I've seen the bits of the basketball scenes that you see in, like, you know, '80s movies retrospectives and what have you, but Mm -hmm. um, I've never seen it, and I've honestly never heard of any of the movies that you guys mention as being beloved Michael Mm J. Fox (laughs) venues. Uh, I I love Back to the Future, and I love Michael J. Fox in that. Uh, And I do find him a very charming performer, instantly likable and instantly recognizable as like that character who struggles with being ordinary, who wants to be something so much more than his like small town and his small family can, and the, you know, small hardware store life that he has uh, wants to get out and then find some spectacular way of doing it. But uh, no, I, I assumed that this movie would be a very problematic feature. Thus, it's one of our two probably problematic teen movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't think it was terrible in the no. problematicness.
2: No, it's just what this movie is, I feel, is if this hadn't. So this was filmed before back to the future but it was released after the back to the future when they saw that back to the future was going to be a hit and the only reason we're talking about teen wolf today is because michael j fox was in this after back to the future Mm -hmm. and it became a hit because of that like the like i heard even in brazil it was called like Boy from the future. Teen Wolf was released as Boy from the <laughs> Future.
0: That's so, confused so many people who are like, oh, more back to the future. Where quite. is this wolf situation?
2: If, if Michael J. Fox hadn't been in this and he hadn't been so damn damn charming, uh, and he hadn't got the bump from Back to the Future, there's no way we would still be talking about Teen Wolf today. Like I feel like it would be just it's just one cut above zapped. You know,
0: Mm.
3: another film I loved at the time. And I (laughs) really don't want to go back and revisit that one.
0: (laughs) And I've never seen that one either. Um, The thing about this movie that really surprised me is that it's about a teenage, it's about a teenage boy who wants, who's so whiny. It's about the whiniest teenage boy in the neighborhood, finding out that he is a werewolf, that the condition is hereditary And nobody caring about that. Yeah. Nobody Mm -hmm. caring at all about. That's the one. That's the one.
2: That's the one like fresh move. This movie has is where he comes out as a werewolf and it's not a big deal. And he becomes popular like that. That's the clip that they show. That's him as a werewolf playing basketball. Mm hmm. And then that's all that movie history needs to uh, to have of this movie. And then the the rest of the movie can get accidentally lost in time like other (laughs) some other movies. Like that's the that's the unique
3: moment that Teen Wolf has.
0: Because this is a basketball movie. (laughs)
3: It's it's a basketball movie, and it's not really an exciting basketball movie. But it's it's, I you know I've heard some people saying, well, there's this metaphorical level with you know the that point in your life where you kind of go through puberty and stuff. And I'm like, well, they're not even doing that well. Like right. they're that, not leaning was, into it. Right. If that was meant to be a, a metaphor in this story, it certainly isn't hitting. And. Uh, I, mean, I get it. Sure. He's kind of going through something and it turns him hairier and uh, his voice gets a little deeper and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But again, to your point, it's like, nobody cares that he is this werewolf. And it's like, that is such an interesting point of the world building that is never dealt with. And, and we should say his dad is a werewolf too, although he mm-hmm. seems to have much more control over his wolfiness. And obviously it was a thing that had happened to his dad and the school principal, we kind of get this backstory of the two of them and how there had been this conflict back at that particular point in time. And so this community has known at least certain people in this community have known about this werewolf problem in the neighborhood. But it's it's not something that anyone seems to care about. It's just it's such a strange thing. It's, there's,
2: it's so low temperature stakes. You know, it's like there's not really a ton of consequences you know, uh, uh, you know, about him exposing himself as a werewolf. It's not like there's world press, not like there's werewolf hunters. It's not like, you know, modern day people are freaking out. It's very mid level in terms of of how people react.
0: But I think that's something that could have added a fun twist to this movie because he doesn't even deal with any of the. Like, he seems not to deal with any werewolf hunger. Like, when he gets angry at first, he can't control it and he turns into a werewolf. But then he immediately learns to change to and fro at will at the drop of a hat without any pain or really any effort, and he doesn't even, like, desire to eat people or yeah. to be dangerous. The worst thing he does is slash a guy's shirt off.
2: Yeah, and I feel like that that moment could have... There, there's a, a, a lot of moments that I felt really dropped the ball in terms of how they were dramatized, you right. know? And I feel like they, they probably got the the best director that they had available but even then (laughs) it was kind of like there were so many moments where i felt like it was just the dramatization of that exact moment with the same script could have been a lot better you know like so so at the prom he should have wolfed out and just cut the dude up Mm -hmm. and then and then we we should have felt and then he should have gone bad and everyone sympathizes around the bully who just got beat up you know and he's right. got bleeding and then and then he's looking at himself like a monster and then people turn on him and instead it is that moment is like cut into 25% that length to where he just basically rah, and then every, and he falls back and then and then they say you're a monster but there's no like reaction to it it's just so shortened and not and not juiced for any drama.
3: It's it, the the odd part of this story is it seems like they are trying to do this metaphorical thing with him as this wolf and, and or or almost not even like it's not even like a puberty thing. It's more like you know developing an attitude thing or something mm-hmm. like he he becomes good at basketball suddenly because he's a, a werewolf or maybe it's just because none of the other players are afraid or, or they're too afraid to come close to him
1: <laughs> That's he knows but I regardless got.
3: he gets he he becomes a basketball star and you know this is another very kind of prototypical film that we've seen plenty of times where it's like a particular character gets really good at something, gets a big ego about it, loses the people that he used to care about and is attracted to the people, um, the the wrong people, just because they're beautiful only to in the end, learn I need to go back to the people that were my real friends because they're the ones who are actually going to stick by me. That's essentially what the story is. And I guess that's what they're trying to do with this werewolf thing, because the last basketball game, he comes out as just the the guy, not the wolf and, But again, as we've said, they don't fully explore that. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like he doesn't uh, even.
2: He's got kind of like this this girl who's his best friend, and then he's got Styles, who's like the studio created like wacky Spicoli clone. There's always a
3: guy like this in the '80s movies. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely.
2: And this is like literally like the studio created Frankenstein version of that. And he wears you know. his
0: personality on his T-shirts,
2: right? Exactly, <laughs> and and it it it's the most ridiculously manufactured character that I can almost think of in in an eighties movie, along with like Chubs or Chubby. Chubbs. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: That's a problematic element of this story is all of the the fat shaming and food shaming uh-huh. that they do of this poor character. Luckily for us, Chubbs himself doesn't seem that put off by it. He doesn't seem, like, to be ashamed of his body. He seems to embrace it's pro- himself.
2: It's, it's probably because he's, like, a good five years older than all the teenagers that he's around. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't to me like he seemed like an adult, like, among like, teenage kids.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, that was Mark Holden. He was, uh, he would have been, what, like, uh, 27 at the time they were making this. So, yeah. A little on the older side.
0: And he's in a lot of 80s movies.
2: Yeah. So that he's is, he's yeah. Francis in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Right. That's, that's the thing I kept trying to put I my always, finger on. Yeah. He's
0: also in A League of Their Own, yes. uh, like really briefly. Um, and I kept being like, oh, I know who that guy is. But I, I really didn't like the locker room. And it's Michael J. Fox that's doing it. It's not even a mean character that's doing it. He's like, Chubbs, you got to get a hold of yourself. Your locker's full of liverwurst. And, and it's like, okay, that's a joke. But mm-hmm. it's a, a kind of gross joke. And, and he's just like, leave me alone. I am who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it turns out he's good at basketball, which like the message must be, you just have to believe in yourself and you'll be good at basketball. But they go from a team that at the very beginning, it starts with a basketball game and ends with a basketball game. And the very first basketball game, the coach is like, how about we forfeit? All right, we'll keep (laughs) playing if it's so important to you. They can't make any shots. They got no skill. They're so sweaty. I really had a problem with how sweaty everybody was. Oh,
3: dripping. Yeah, pouring sweat. I <laughs> I made that note too. I'm like, why on earth is is Michael J. Fox like he looked like he just came out of a swimming pool? Like there's <laughs> so much pouring off of him it. is ridiculous.
0: Whoever was in charge of that squirt bottle to make them look sweaty was just like, I'm gonna make my mark on cinema history. These are gonna be the sweatiest teen boys in the whole world. Um, it was gro- gross though. It really grossed me out. And then the yeah the wolf is good at basketball and it's because nobody really wants to try and guard him because maybe he's gross, uh, and then all of a sudden at the <laughs> he's end
2: at basketball because he's gross yeah <laughs> I think that is a, t- a teenager boy a metaphor
0: yeah grossness <laughs> yeah equals right. skill. The beginning of this movie though really is framed to be like, oh he's he is it's a puberty thing. He gets like one long gross chest hair. He's like, my skin is is itchy. I have a rash. Oh, my the, my voice is weird. My palms are getting all sweaty and hairy. Like it they needed younger actors though if they were going to try and pull that off. Like maybe they're in middle school and not so much high school.
3: Right. Like when he goes in and talks to his gym coach and his gym Mm -hmm. coach is like, oh, yeah, there are some who experience this a little later than others. It's like, okay, that was actually kind of funny. Mm -hmm. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, it does feel like they were really building this around people that were much too old to be having the puberty conversation. Right.
0: Yeah. Because they seem to be like junior. They're not even like freshmen. You know, they're not even like Stranger Things kid age it felt like they were like seniors because they're also <laughs> it's like they wanted to have it both ways cuz they wanted it to be like a puberty thing but they also wanted them to be having these raging keggers where they wanted it both ways with styles too because styles right. seemed it, like it. a nerd but then he is in control of the truth or dare at this drunk keg party
3: of all of the games like he is like the, the party master it was like right. I, I didn't think this guy was the cool guy but maybe he's that that person who kind of uh, maneuvers through all the different clicks to be kind of that one focal point that people are okay with kind of um, guiding them along. Mm
0: hmm. But I I didn't like he seemed like such a loser that it would like he'd pull up to people and be like, hey, how you doing today? And they'd be like, no, OK, he drives off.
2: The problem with Styles is that he is a, a copy and paste character, that he is what the screenwriters or what the studio wants his function to be. So they right. want him to be the stoner um, who's looking for his stash. They want him to be. The dork with the weird shirts that no one no one will talk to. They want him to be the crazy guy at the party who's like the 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 charismatic center of everything. And he's ultimately all those things and never a person. Right. You know? He's a character by committee, is what he is. Is that is that you you've you've got like th- 30, 40 year old studio executives who have now seen a dozen
3: of these teenage movies and they want their own wacky version of
2: it.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, that element of him being like his buddy that he can go talk to, who also becomes uh, the PR person. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And he completely just drops off like towards the end of the movie. Like there's no like real building or connection. It's not like they have a heart to heart about it you know like really his only friend at the end is the girl you know yeah right
0: whose name is boof who also is like a mishy mashy character because she loves michael j fox no matter what whether he and she's you know like saying to him Hey, I like you. I like Scott. I like the the boy within the wolf, not the wolf. So I'll go to the dance with you, the boy, but not the wolf. And yet she doesn't get mad at him when he is the wolf. Like, it seems like she should have turned her back on him at some point and been like, you got to get it under control. Like, if he had hurt the bully in their dust up. If he had like slashed him across the chest or something, then she could have been like, Oh my God, you're out of control. You're, you're not this animal. You're, you're the boy I love, but that they never really have that moment. She just likes him the whole time. <laughs> they, they seem like they're in a relationship because <laughs> they're making out here, there and everywhere. But at the same time, he's like, ah, boof. No, she's just the girl next door. She's just ordinary. I don't want to be ordinary. I don't want to be average. I want to date this girl who's in the play because she's not average, and I want to be good at basketball and not just average. Um, And then he decides overnight that it's okay to be average as long as you win.
3: Well, yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like, what is is it saying? um, Being average or like being yourself, maybe? And and I guess Mm -hmm. that's kind of what she's saying because. I mean, and this is where the whole any any way you try to look at this as a metaphor runs into trouble, because like if it's a metaphor for puberty, then then she's saying, I'd rather hang out with the the child version of you. I don't want to I don't want to hang out with you as you get older Mm -hmm. because that that masculine side of you is too much. And I want to. Like, stay, stay a kid. Like, there's a weird <laughs> element there. Or is it, like, dealing with popularity, you know? And I guess that's the one that kind of makes it work, but that's where it becomes really messy because it's, like, they can't, they never really pinpoint exactly the the way they want this character to kind of be defined. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was, there was another movie, and I can't remember what it is, that very much was a metaphor for, um, girls going through uh, puberty and having their first period. And it was called like the shakes, or I can't remember what it is, but um, it was very metaphorical, but it was something where like every girl. Eventually, like, has this moment where they drop to the ground and they like have this seizure, and that is the point where suddenly, like, oh, that you can't talk to them anymore, and it's this very metaphorical movie, but everybody's going through it, and then like, if you're having this, is this metaphor? It's like, mm-hmm. well, why is he the only one who's going through this? Like, it mm-hmm. suddenly becomes this this struggle where it's like this, it's it's metaphorically sloppy. It just yeah it doesn't yeah you can't figure out what they want this wolf to represent.
2: Either you know? that they it's just they it was just unfocused in the writing and, and it's like oh well let's just hint at it a bit here or hint at it a bit here or it's like one of those things to where like it like reshoots pulled certain developments out of it or or I don't know but it just feels so casual and never paid off
0: yeah i think
2: yeah. right
0: what did you guys think of the wolf of it all what did, what did you think of his like look as a, a wolf, I thought the dad was quite cute. Uh-huh. I
1: love
3: his dad. I just love yeah,
2: him. <laughs> yeah. Like like the dad and the coach are are and Michael J. Fox are, are actually the most likable characters. You know, like the you know like the dad is such a like suburban like dad bod version of a of a werewolf. You know, it's he's, very he's very li- lucky long- and white.
3: Mm-hmm. It's very Lon Chaney Jr. like werewolf, you know? Yeah. Well, and they they play it up where it's like what I like about these werewolves as opposed to like horror movie werewolves where the person really kind of transforms into a very wolf-like body and they're running on all fours and stuff. This is very much, as you just said, kind of that Lon Chaney wolf man where it's like you look like a man who's just kind of turned into a wolf, uh, like you're hairier, but you're basically yourself. Right, and yeah. that's something I really do actually like about this. And I I mean, I loved it in the, you know, this came out at the right time. So I was still watching the uh, animated series that they had. And Teen Wolf 2, as terrible as that one was, I still enjoyed it. <laughs> it but I liked that there was this sense of these wolves being kind of just like, hairy people with fang right like, like
2: their skeleton hasn't like broken right and 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 ripped apart
3: it's just really like more cartilage and hair yeah. yeah right so to that end i think that it is kind of fun and honestly like the effects wise you know i wasn't crazy about the transformation scenes because it looked a little mm-hmm. um it looked a little wonky like almost like they were trying to do some um, it, almost an homage to like an American werewolf. In yeah, like,
2: like the budget student film version of exactly. that. Exactly.
3: It, it doesn't come across very well. And so I end up finding that the final looks of them, I mean, they're fine. I think for the context mm-hmm. of what they're trying to do with the story, I do think that they look okay. Yeah,
0: I agree. Mm. And I agree, too, that they're they're just people with hair because they don't have any, like, <laughs> hunger or, or, like, desires to eat people or, you know, he doesn't even become more horny than he was before. Like, he's horny to start out with, and then he becomes a werewolf, and he's, like, the same level of horny because when the girl of his dreams is seducing him openly, he's like, oh, hey, whoa, what are you what are you doing he's not like wolf you know this is what i dreamed of
2: yeah there's not enough downsides to it there's not enough you know it's i've i feel absolutely like he should be more emotional you know he should be more horny (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know he should be more um likely to just kind of like he is a bit already a, a little more you know likely to snap but yeah. it's it's almost more like, well, now I've got like this power, like the equivalent of now I've got like I'm the only one in school who's got a gun, you yeah. know, and I'll spin it around and and, and point it at people. It, it's, he's not that much out of control.
3: Yeah. Even in the even in the scene where they do get locked into the closet, him and Boof,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
3: it I mean, he kind of gets a little excited and and. You know, mm-hmm. kind of wolfs out a little bit, or at least cl- his claws come mm-hmm. out, and he kind of tears the back of her shirt. But again, it never, it never feels like a point where there's like he's just losing animalistic animalistic control. Like he's mm-hmm. just, you know, he just is getting a little more horny. Right, temptation. We wanted temptation. Yeah.
0: Right. yeah. Um. I also was like confused about the whole timeline of this movie because he's playing through a whole basketball season, which seems to be weeks. But their play, the school play, which is "Gone with the Wind," question <laughs> mark? Um, it seems to be permanently in a final dress rehearsal state, with uh, only
3: one person ever on the stage,
0: <laughs> <laughs> with only one person in it, and, and one, one person zombie. watching. <laughs> the uh, The director is Kurt. Kurt, the director, uh, it just is in love with Pamela, the star, who's doing like a Scarlett O'Hara thing. But they're in they're in final dress for the entire basketball season. <laughs> when is this play?
2: <laughs> uh-huh. It doesn't seem like they only play the same basketball team. Did I not? Did I not notice like a change of jerseys?
0: They were they played the same team at the very beginning and then in the championship at the very end.
3: Okay, yeah, and I so think there were, were a few other teams throughout, but okay. I so that's more of
2: an observation, a judgment on me than Yeah, in the movie in the
0: basketball <laughs> montages, there's there's different teams sort of cycling through, but it is it's all very montagey. Yes. Um. And normally is. I love a mm-hmm. montage, but I was like, how how long have we been? in this world because Mm -hmm. some of it is just one day. So in one day, he does a play rehearsal, goes on the bullet train to Poundtown with the girl of his dreams, then takes her bowling to uh, make her boyfriend jealous and then walks her home and learns that she's gonna stay with him as the boyfriend. That's all one day. Yeah, right. But then a the whole basketball season from the very first game to the championship, that's at least two or three months, it's, right?
3: Yeah. It's, I don't know. This is that era of writing scripts where I don't know how much attention they were paying to like the timeline of the actual story. I think they just mm-hmm. wanted to say, okay, well, there's plays, there's a play going on, there's uh, basketball going on. and i I feel like in retrospect, as we look back and and stronger stories have been crafted and told, this becomes um, it it really is apparent to how how um sloppy it is in its construction yeah. like because you just don't get this. There's not this sense of it being, uh, of there being um, a logic to the way that they're timing each of these pieces out together.
0: Yeah. And it, it really is like, because um, I, having not seen it, imagined it was going to be like way oversexed and like, you know, really. Um, if anything, gross. it
2: should have been grosser and more oversexed.
0: Yeah. yeah right, right. I really thought it would be. Um, the grossest thing is that moment with Styles, where he's like, you're not going to come out as gay, are you? Because that I wouldn't mm-hmm. handle. No, I'm not gay. I'm just a werewolf. They don't use the word gay, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> they use a different three-letter word. <clears throat> that's the grossest part of this movie. But I was really surprised by how sort of benign it- Yeah, tepid. Tepid is exactly the word for this movie. It should be called Tepid Teen Wolf. (laughs) Tepid Um, Wolf. (laughs) So we don't have tons of time with Andy, so I want to make sure we we get to our our conclusions. Um, I I would not recommend this to anyone.
3: No. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. um, And, and, you know, I I don't know. Have either of you uh dipped your toes at all into kind of the tv series that came out um like 10 or 11 years ago um and then i guess there's a i didn't even realize this but there's a brand new um movie that was out hmm. like there were all these different teen wolves and i was like oh i i had no idea i i knew the one that like from uh 10 years ago or so uh, right TV and- show. And I knew of Teen Wolf 2. Yeah. but mainly because it was too T O O Right. Teen which has never not been amusing. I yeah, I always found that funny uh, as a kid. And now I look at it like Meh. <laughs>
2: but
0: I bet I, I bet those MTV ones are, are the brand of horny we're looking for.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just looked really twilighty, mm-hmm. um, which was
3: not my zone. Yeah, I uh, because then um, the new movie is um, it's like Scott later in life is my understanding. And so that's why I was like, Hmm. I wonder. But it sounds like like I, uh, you know, I searched for Teen Wolf and this new one popped up. I was like, oh, this sounds more in line with what I would have wanted to actually be watching. uh, Mm -hmm. Because it sounds like, you know, um, Scott, there's an ancient evil that has popped out and Scott has to get all of his friends to reunite and fight these fight whatever this ancient evil oh is, I'm like, God. well, that sounds like the like horror movie, like right the werewolf world that I'd actually be more interested in.
0: Mm-hmm, same, so, yeah, I'd be into that or, or any exploration at all that there's other supernatural things and right. to deal with the existential nature of there being two natured people in this oh, ordinary it, world.
2: It, it looks like the movie is um the same guy as the tv show
3: oh okay so maybe he's maybe that's following him later as he's grown up so that's actually a see a, a like a follow-up to the tv show right that, cool. okay Interesting. the
0: mtv version yeah um no, I have no experience with that, but I bet it's giving it, I bet it's serving us more of what we're asking for that this movie did not deliver.
3: <laughs> I, I gotta say, well I mean, we talked about the coach and the dad and and Scott himself like being the three things we liked. The coach probably ended up being my favorite thing coming out of it, which probably didn't yeah. hold true at all when I was a kid. But he was so funny and I, I didn't uh-huh. realize who he was, but he's um, Jay Tarsus, who had been a writer on things like the Muppets, uh, the great Muppet keeper and Muppets take huh. Manhattan. And so, yeah. And cause I was like, who is this guy who's getting like the special and credit and featuring uh-huh. Jay Parsis as coach, um, whatever <laughs> is it, Coach Finstock? But the, the, one of the funniest things that he said is like, there are three rules that I live by never get less than 12 hours sleep, never play cards with a guy who has the same first name as a city, never get involved with a woman with a tattoo of a dagger on her body. They, you stick to that. <laughs> And everything else is cream cheese. I'm like, okay, everything else if, is cream uh-huh. cheese. If, if I get nothing else out of this movie, at least I have that now. That was yeah. probably my favorite thing of this entire movie.
2: Yeah, he he was he was so good. Just in in terms of how little he cared as a coach, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. it was so good.
0: As a coach, as a mentor, he was very mm-hmm. nonchalant, but I I loved him. And that cream cheese line was so absolutely funny. the best. Because oh it had nothing to do with what he was asking him at the time either. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> um, So, like, how do you rate this movie on a scale of one teenage werewolf surfing on top of a minivan to... Ugh,
2: and uh, we didn't even talk about, like i was just thinking of like you know like the the worst like things that a teenager can do like a stunt to show how cool they are that then if anyone ever replicates them then they will 100% die 100% like the- Like the two worst that I can think of are both Michael J. Fox movies. Like so that we basically (laughs) someone surfing on the top of a van, which they do twice in this movie. Yeah. Then and then back to the future, which was someone on a skateboard grabbing onto cars. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like those are the if if anyone ever tries to do those things that they will get killed
0: they will you know. die and,
3: and i was actually curious about that when this when we were watching this film because you know we see uh jerry levine um or levine i'm not sure how to say his name but we see him doing it first and i was watching him like it looks like he's really up there he's and, mm-hmm. and when michael j fox was up there like it's him in the makeup but you can see he's wearing he has bare feet it's not like he has something that is holding him in place and i'm like I mean, even if they were doing this and it was and the van was on you know a picture uh, opening, mm-hmm. it still seemed like they're potentially putting young people's <laughs> lives at risk by filming this. I was a little surprised i would I would be curious mm-hmm. to hear some back uh backstage stories of the production of this to see <sighs> how safe they actually were,
0: yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, because I'm sure at least a handful of kids died uh, mm-hmm. trying to surf the waves oh, on top geez. of their parents' minivans. Yeah. yeah. Um, but t- ten ten teenagers on top of a minivan is, of course, the best. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> on, right. How Oof. many out of ten do you give this movie, Andy?
3: You know, I think there are still moments that I like, like with the coach and his line. And, you know, I think the makeup, I like the relationship with the father and son. I just feel like on, on the whole, there's so many things that just end up making this fall short. It just, it feels dated. It feels, um, it, you know, it, it doesn't, it, it just feels cheap in a lot of ways mm-hmm. other than, you know, the makeup and stuff. And so I'm probably going to go five uh, five uh, people on top of a van.
0: For this one, five out of (laughs) ten. Okay, I think that's fair. What do you think, uh, Nathan?
3: I'm I'm really vacillating, and it's
2: like, how low do I (laughs) do? (laughs) (laughs) Because yeah, again, again, you know, there are things to enjoy, uh, but for the most part, it is largely joyless. Yeah, you know, I I think I'm gonna give it like a three point five.
1: You're putting yeah. a half a person
2: on top of it? Yeah, I'm gonna put half of a person yeah. on the van.
0: It's a middle schooler. It's three regular teens <laughs> in right, exactly. a middle
2: somebody schooler. Who's actually going. I, I, I was going to give it a four, but you guys the, this this whole podcast really talked me down. And I don't feel like it deserves a three. Like I don't hate it. It's just joyless. Yeah. And, and it, it, it's like one of those movies that you're watching and you want more for it. You you really are rooting for it to be better. Yeah, you I know? wanted
0: more. I wanted more for Michael J. Fox to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I think this is really just the case of a, a you know, that the only reason, like I said before, that we're talking about this is because of Michael J. Fox. And what he brings to it, and otherwise, this would have been pretty forgettable.
3: Well, and because obviously there was something about it that tapped into some consciousness, because I mean, it was enough to spur on a show and a movie that are still, Mm -hmm. it still is a story that people are, you know, interested in. Yeah, I find that. I can definitely see that this. There's a couple of
2: movies that that are cherished that were not very good, but had a really good concept. And and I'm glad that there remakes of it because I think that there is a lot of room for developing the idea into something bigger. Yeah, and I think yeah. yeah.
0: This is one of them for sure. Yeah. Um, I am gonna go ahead and give it a four, Nathan, because okay. <laughs> um, I liked the co- I liked the coach and I liked Boof and I I wanted more for them too. I just mm-hmm. wanted more for everybody. Um, but but it was you know it was pretty bland it was pretty mild it was pretty it was like a it was like a the white bread of of these (laughs) types of movies um and what about a deep cut recommendation i found it really hard to recommend something because i just i didn't get any sense of anything out of it so it was really hard for me uh but did you come up with a good one andy
3: well, and you specifically were talking about monster movies because yeah. initially I was like, well, if I'm going to have somebody watch this, I'm then going to have them watch The Secret of My Success with Michael J. Fox, yes. which, which I actually just rewatched also just after this just to say, is it as bad as Teen Wolf is or was it actually still good? And it definitely is still good. I laughed my butt off. I had such a great time. Aunt Vera was just the best. The whole thing was a fun movie. So that would be my non-monster movie pick. If I'm going with a monster movie, just to kind of stay in the era, I probably would go with something that it's not my favorite thing, but I know a lot of people do enjoy it. And I think it is actually playing around with the monster genre in a fun way for younger audiences, and that's Monster Squad.
0: Mm. Uh, Nathan and I talked about that a little bit as being a possible pick, so I think think that's a good one. Um, yeah, I think
3: that it's an interesting one to see how they're playing with some of those tropes in a in yeah. a, in a mm-hmm. modern way.
0: Wolfman's got nards is just <laughs> basically the the uh, siren song of a whole generation of people for sure. <laughs> um, indeed, indeed. What is your recommendation, Nathan? Uh,
2: so I'm going with a with yeah because it's tough. I mean, like the obvious like connection is American Werewolf in London. But I feel like if I had to suggest like a more recent werewolf movie, mm-hmm. um, I'd go um, with uh, the Wolf of Snow Hollow. Oh, um, I've never heard of that. Quite good. Yeah, yeah. So that's more. Cummings, right? Yeah, so Jim Cummings, who did Thunder Road um, and the and recently the Beta Test, he's basically like a, an indie film champion and role model. Um, he did the Wolf of Snow Hollow, so it's really a. In, in all of his movies he he plays a professional in this case like a cop who's having a nervous breakdown while he also has like a murder investigation that appear everyone thinks everyone in town is positive that it's a werewolf you know this mm-hmm. is a modern day thing all the clues are showing werewolf and so he is try he is both flipping out that it's not a werewolf and also basically disintegrating as a person himself as he's investigating it so, is it yeah. comedy? It 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 is a it is a thriller with it, with comedy.
3: Yeah, it's hard for him not to throw comedy in because he's such a funny guy. Yeah, Under there's there's, is, there's a lot of Under fun. Under Road the- is a similar one where he's having a, a kind of a breakdown after the death of his um, mother, yeah. and uh, dealing with his family. But like, it is so funny. It is so funny. <laughs> so it's it's dealing <laughs> with grief and kind of collapsing of his career as a. The police officer but
0: that sounds great yeah. i love that great recommendation yeah. um i didn't have one uh well until we were talking about the movie and then i finally it came to me uh a a uh you know a sort of monster movie that gets the idea of it being puberty uh a metaphor for mm. puberty right and that's turning red Oh, uh, where they the animated movie where they turn into giant red pandas uh mm-hmm. the girl does and there and it is more of like a junior high uh thing but she too becomes very popular <laughs> yeah. once people realize <laughs> uh-huh. that she turns into yeah, a giant fuzzy red panda that's, that's a really
2: good connection funny. yeah yeah
0: um, and I didn't come up with it until Andy said something about the puberty <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> so you get credit for it too, uh, Andy. Excellent. Um, so, uh, tell us, uh, uh, Andy Nelson, where can people find your other cool podcasts and, uh, support all of the many, uh, exciting things that you do?
3: Thank you, yeah. No, I'm over at True Story FM Entertainment a Podcast Network. We have a number of podcasts over there. I do The Next Reel with Pete. Uh, he and I have been doing that show for, uh, we're in our 13th year right now. It's been cranking forever, or twelve wow. years Anyway, wow. 2011 is when we started. So whatever that is, I guess 12 plus years. Um, and uh, Marvel Movie Minute, where we're breaking down the films of the MCU one minute at a time. And uh, you can find both of those over at truestory.fm. Or the next or marvelmovieminute.com. Yay. Awesome. Uh,
0: so excited about this next Marvel Movie Minute. Uh, we can't wait to be on it as guests.
3: It's going to be fun. Yeah, we're talking about the Avengers. So, yeah, certainly a lot of things to discuss. <laughs> so piece. many
0: things to say about yeah. that. Uh, where can people find you, Nathan, and all of your filmmaking endeavors?
2: Uh yeah, so if you want to follow the the film that I've been uh working on, it's playing at the Phoenix Film Festival. I don't know when this come this episode comes out comes yeah, out, like but weeks. at the Okay, great. So, if you're in Phoenix, it's going to be playing at the Phoenix Film Festival. The times haven't been released yet. Um but that is the end of March. Um Uh, so I think it's going to play two or three times, but yeah, I would check. So the movie is the last movie ever made. So you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram. We'll be posting the times there. Um, uh, and so that if you're interested in checking that out and you're in town, uh, yeah, I'll be there in person too. So come, come say hi.
0: Yay. Uh, and you can find me at the neighborhood comedy theater, the place, uh, and at NCT Phoenix online, uh, you can find out more about the podcast at also at TrueStory.fm. That's where we live now too. Um, and on the Instagrams at Most Excellent Pod. Um, thank you so much for listening uh, and for coming all the way to the end with us. We want to know what you thought about Teen Wolf too, because I think we are teen, not Teen Wolf too, but <laughs> Teen we Wolf also, as well. <laughs> we also want to know teen what Wolf. you oh, thought no. of Teen Wolf, <laughs> not what you thought of Teen Wolf 2 oh boy it gets confusing um so please you know drop us a line like us rate us review us send us a message on the Facebooks um and while you're out there in the world uh wolfing out and winning basketball games be sure to keep the most excellent podcast motto the most excellent 80s movies podcast motto in mind be excellent to each other and party Party on dudes.
1: dudes
3: yay